Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips is going to be great. Presented by Telemordu. Because when it's game time, it's telly time. And now, here are your hosts, Chicago football legend Olin Krutz. And filling in for Mully, it's Lawrence Holmes on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome into the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemordu. I'm Lawrence Holmes in for Mully. Olin Krutz There's is only here. one station to talk Chicago sports. Yeah, right here. This is the place where you get to talk Chicago sports. And we are going to talk Chicago sports with the Bears making for a horrible Sunday for everybody. 19 to 13 is the final against the Vikings. We are going to take your phone calls. We are going to take your text messages. And they go to the same place. 312-644-6767 is the number. Olin, what did you think of what you saw? Uh, just disappointed. Came in with a lot of hope that this team was moving in the right direction, that uh, our quarterback and our offensive line could handle what Brian Flores was going to send at them, that we would have a good plan to go up against the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, none of that came out true. Obviously, we lose the turnover differential. Uh, just not the game we want to see coming off that big win Thursday night against the Washington Commanders. And, and Lawrence, you asked, asked a great question in the pregame show. You said, how would they handle winning and success? And it didn't look like they handled it well. No, it, it didn't look like they handled it well. And I, I'd, I'd love to know from an actual trained eye, because I, I probably won't even have a real idea until I go back and watch it. But mm-hmm. early on in the game, I, I felt like the, the game plan and the game calling was a, a little bit more conservative than I was expecting on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I felt like they were going to move the pocket a little bit for Justin Fields, knowing that uh, Brian Flores was going to come after him a little bit, right? So uh, I know they wanted to run the ball just to keep, try to get him to stop blitzing, to slow down those blitzes a little bit. But I just felt like keeping him in the pocket and trying to max protect everything wasn't the way to go. Now, Kirk Cousins did uh, burn Coach Flues a little bit early on the blitzes, which probably scared him out of the blitz a little bit. But like you're saying, uh, later in the game, the defense had an edge. Uh, they were coming after him a little bit. And I hate to get on the defense when uh, they only gave up 13 points. Right. You know, six of those points uh, was a fumble recovery for a touchdown when Beijing came in. So uh, defense did play well enough to win. Obviously, if you're looking at just this game and why you lost, right, the turnover battle was huge. The fact that the offense could have moved the ball was huge. But in the bigger picture, Lawrence, the frustrating thing was the hope was coming to this game. We we're going to see these young players still playing well, still taking a step. Now, they did run behind Darnell right early, and he was dominant early. They lose Nate Davis on that sideline. They got to go to Jatari Carr. They got to bench Cody Whitehair for snaps. Just a lot going on in this game that reminded us 
This is a young football team that has a lot of improving to do and a lot of proving themselves to do there at Hallis Hall. You were talking about it in the pregame show when we talked mm -hmm. to Mark Grody. And Mark Grody had talked about how, you know, there weren't a lot of practice snaps that were being taken uh, by, by the quote-unquote backup center. And it's, it's so interesting to me that you could live in a space where you're not doing everything possible to be prepared to play. And, and forget about, like, all the work that goes into preparing for a guy like Brian Flores. The simplicity of making of ball security and getting the ball to the quarterback seemed to be lost in, in what's happened over the last 10 days. Yeah, and they talked about web ball Wednesday, right? So uh, they, they are concentrating, I guess, on ball security. But I just found that uh, an interesting comment to make that, that you know, the backup center uh, did go away from snapping the ball. So when Grody said that today, obviously as a former center, I, I was a little, I guess you'd say, taken aback by it, right? I was like, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. He should have at least, at least be snapping to Bayesian pre-practice, right? Absolutely. And working on these these things that we have to work on and uh, getting some work throughout practice, maybe in the late week two-minute drill where the offense goes against the defense and it's live there. But uh, like you're saying, Lawrence, but but look, man, um, Cody Whitehair is, this goes back to the plan, right? You have to always go back to the plan and who planned for him to be a center. You have two staffs now, uh, now three coaching staffs decided that Cody Whitehair wasn't a center, right? So your early plan in the year to me is just fascinating that, oh, but we're going to be the ones that move Cody to center, right? Cody is a good left guard, solid NFL left guard plays at a pretty high level there at left guard, but we're going to move him all around. And to me, you're just kind of playing with fire there. We're going to be here until five o'clock. We're going to take your phone calls and your text messages. 312-644-6767. I imagine some people are making it to their car right now. The folks that were watching at home are furious and frustrated. And Olin's right. This is the, this was the game where if you had any sort of, thought of getting yourself back into contention inside of the NFC North or just the NFC playoff picture. This was a game that you had to win and you had everything looking your way. You had extra time to prepare and to rest and to get injured players back on the field. And a bunch of those players got back on the field and it seemed to make a difference defensively for the bears in this game. You had momentum the idea of you won a game and you knew what that felt like you were the healthier team because their star player was not available in this game and that's the performance that you got not great mm -hmm. not great at all no not at all Lawrence if you go back to the first play of the game right after the first kickoff return by Vilas Jones who had a pretty good return there um, you know I'm just watching it uh, Lawrence, and I'm thinking you're an empty formation. Like, this isn't Aaron Rodgers, right? You're an empty formation, and Woonham comes free and gets a sack. And obviously, uh, that's Justin Fields' guy. Like, he has to know they brought too many guys for the offensive line to pick up, right? Like, he has to know that. But it just seems to me, again, you're trying to fit him into Aaron Rodgers' offense. Like, if you're the OC and I'm the OC, if I have Aaron Rodgers and you're blitzing me, I say, good, I spread the field and I pick you apart, Right? But if I have Justin Fields, I'm going to be a little more creative with, with trying to get him out of the pocket, uh, running the ball behind Darnell Wright early. But then the first play of the game, you put him in empty where he has to read the defense, he has to read the blitz, and now he's, he's hit 
on the first play of the game and he misses the blitz. I mean, it just, it's just, I don't know. And that falls on both of them. I'm not taking the blame off Justin Fields. He has to know that that extra guy is coming. He has to get the ball out. But it's just kind of, to me, to put him in that situation that early, uh, it's just an interesting decision to me. It, it is. And there's a lot that we will discuss here on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. But let's get to some phone calls to start things off. 312-644-6767. We are live and local. Let's start with Chris in Evanston. Hey, Chris, you're on the score. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, you know, you guys been hearing me say it now for three years, but we're in a different position right now. I mean, this is not some vaunted defense. It's just a defense that blitz. And a quarterback's got to figure out, like Olin just said, where's the pressure coming from? He has a responsibility. I don't hear any other quarterback getting more excuses made in three years for why he's not successful. I, I, I'm just tired of watching it. I watched Oregon, Washington last night with my guy Penix. I mean, we got the future of the franchise on the line. This is the guy we're going to stick with. This is the guy we're going to stick with. Get rid of him now. I didn't see nothing today that makes me believe, ooh, we lit up the worst defense in the NFC last week. And I, I, when I watched the All-12, he's throwing balls after the receiver is already on, a, on the hitch route, and then the receiver goes for 150 yards after the catch. I mean, what are we doing here? What, what are we holding on to this guy for? I appreciate the phone call. If you were watching the All-12, then you were watching the Canadian Football League. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't know what, what CFL team is in Chicago, but I want to get their jersey. If they're if they're here, yeah. well, and, and to his point, Lawrence, I mean, t- today was a step back for Justin Fields, right? And no we doubt. talked about in the pregame. We talked about this is what happens in the NFL, man. You have one, two really good games, and then the 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 the, the system you have to prove yourself against the one you struggle the most against, the defensive coordinator that you have to prove to everybody you can beat this kind of defense. All of a sudden, that guy shows up, man. And that's, but that's why the NFL is great. And Justin Fields had a chance today. Now, it wasn't all on him, right? The offensive line, we talked about air traffic controller uh, in the pregame show. The offensive line struggled organizing the blitz and picking it up, as you saw, with running backs on big guys. That's not supposed to happen. And that means somewhere, somehow, the communication got messed up. You would think that, that Daniil Hunter would be a guy that you would circle? and say, mm-hmm. we cannot have just a running back block this guy. What happens on a play like that? Is that a something not getting relayed out, out to Darnell Wright in that situation? Yeah, it sure looked like it. It looked to me like they slid the line late. Like they had one, one protection on, and then they re- try to redirect it uh, right at the snap, which, which uh, it happens sometimes, but that goes back again to not playing a lot of center and not knowing the timing of, okay, now I can make a call. Now I better let it go. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I made that mistake many a times, right? You're out there trying to make a play as a center. You're out there also as a center trying to build a multiplier and get your offense in the best position to execute a play. But you just have to realize you have a young rookie right tackle. He may not get the call. You have a new right guard. So Nate Davis is not there. So he, so does Jatari Carter. Now you have to make the call. Jatari Carter has to relay the call to a rookie right tackle. He has to change the protection on the run. It's just things like that, Lawrence, that go on within the snap. Uh, it's not an excuse. It is, it's what happens, and they do have to get that right. But that's how something like that happens in that situation. Let's go out to Steven, who's calling us. Hey, Steven, you're on the score. Hey, guys. Uh, what a 
disappointing, utter incompetent performance by the Bears and the entire coaching staff. And, uh, you know, they had 11 days to prepare for this game. And yet throughout the game, the Bears offensive line couldn't uh, hold up against the uh, the Vikings uh, blitz, you know, with six and seven man passing fronts. And then they didn't even adjust to it very well in the game. And watching Daniel Hunter just walk past Darnell Wright and just slam fields that which caused that uh, wrist injury probably was the uh, the sign that uh, maybe fields his time in Chicago is over and probably the end of the uh, 2023 season as well because this team is not going anywhere with Tyson Bagent uh, as a quarterback he he did rally but that interception was severely underthrown which kind of shows his limitations so I hope you know the Bears fans are probably going to stop saying that uh, he's the answer or any of that kind of nonsense moving forward and uh, you know both Eberflus and Getze unfortunately just can't seem to build upon any sort of a success as a as the coaches and this is more on the coaches than the players in regards to the uh, today's loss, in my opinion, and I'm done with both of them because they haven't proven anything and they can't be consistently trusted to lead this organization. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the phone call, Stephen. Uh, Olin, what do you think of what you hear from Stephen when he's talking about how the, the coaching staff uh, deserves a big brunt of the, the blame for this game? Yeah, it's, Stephen is right on some points and wrong on others, right? When, when you listen to him talk about Daniel Hunter walking past right, I think that was a, actually a three-man rush, and it was after a while when Justin Fields is rolling around that pocket. Yep. And then uh, ba- as far as Bajin goes, uh, um, he, he got hit on that ball. That's why he didn't get it out there. But uh, as far as the coaching staff goes, today was just disappointing all around, right, Lawrence? Like we, we talked about how do you handle winning – uh, you heard Robert Smith, the great running back from the Minnesota Vikings before and out of Ohio State, talking about details. When teams are this close, it's all about details. And really, you could say if you look at the stats and the way the teams played and moved the ball, you could say the Bears outplayed the Minnesota Vikings, but the takeaways killed them, right? And, and that's why the Minnesota Vikings were losing all the games. They were leading the leading takeaways. Today, they win the takeaway battle. It does fall on the coaching staff to get the team ready. Ready. Uh, Lawrence, you said, and, and I'll keep repeating this, you said, how are they going to handle winning? And, and when you ask that question, it's the coaching staff that has to set the tempo in the building, set the standard, and let the team know immediately that the win against the Washington Commanders is over and all that feel good that we were going through is, is out the door and we got to beat the Minnesota Vikings. So we're, we're waiting for word from the locker room, and I don't expect that we'll get a bigger update than the one that we got during the game. Justin Fields throwing hand, so his right hand, it, it was the reason that he was out. And, I mean, I hate to, to put an injury on a player, but what you said, Olin, where, where we're talking about health, three-man rush on that play, five-man protection, and you hold the ball for so long that then you get stuck in a situation where you don't accept the sack and you're trying to throw the ball out of bounds and it puts you in a precarious position and you end up hurting your hand. When a player doesn't return, that's always a bad sign. When they go from questionable to out inside of a game, that's always a bad sign. My hope is that this was just a precaution and they're going to find out that Justin Fields is okay, but it doesn't seem like that is the case. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And it looked like that 
right wrist or whatever he had hurt there. I don't want to take any guesses, but it looked like it was a pretty bad injury just by the look on his face, right? And they also lose uh, their right guard doesn't come back in the game, right? So two of the guys that we gave a lot of credit to last week for the Bears playing well and looking like we didn't expect them to look. Uh, they go out of the game. You know, it's a, it's, it's a situation that even though they play bad all game, the situation that the backup quarterback was in, that's the situation we want to see Justin Fields in, right? Trying to win the game late in the game and drive the team down even after playing bad all game. So it's too bad we don't get to see him because he gets injured there. And like you're saying, probably takes an unnecessary hit there in the pocket. That's a, you know what? That is a very, very, I, I like the diplomatic way that you said that, Olin. That is, I, I'm going to mm. use that this week. Uh, Alex is out in Lakeview. Hey, Alex, <laughs> you're on the score. Hey, hey, how you doing? Good, how so are you? My biggest issue, I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, but uh, my biggest issue here was right away when Fields was out there playing, they were run heavy, and we're out of our top backs. And I know Dante Foreman's a great guy. He's a great back. But when you run heavy and then you get Batson in there, and then they change to a pass offense, I would have loved to see what that would have done. However, that makes me see maybe the coaching has trust issues with Fields. I have no idea what's going on there, but it seems very odd to me that they would change up their play calling so vividly in that second half. I don't know about you, Olin, but it doesn't seem that strange to me where you have a rookie quarterback who's taking a major leap in, in, in the type of players that he's going up against. I, I feel like to get him comfortable, you're, you're, you have to rely on a run game to just get him into the game and make it so that he doesn't feel like he has to do it all by himself. Am I off base on that? No, I, I, I know what the, the, the caller is saying. They, they came out and they, they, they were having success with the run, right? So um, Getsy kind of stuck with it and was trying to stay with the run and, and then take shots off of the play-action pass. I mean, the only problem I had today was the fact that, uh, Lawrence, I was texting you during the game. I was like, have they moved the pocket yet, right? And they had And I don't know. And, and I don't know if they did today. Like, I didn't see a sprint. I didn't see much of a boot. So their plan wasn't to move the pocket to change the aiming point uh, uh, of the defensive line of the blitzes. And and it doesn't mean you do that on every player, right? It doesn't mean you boot and sprint, but it does mean you do it, right? It does mean you do move the, the launching point so the defense can't just run at one spot. And you know with the, the Vikings, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you, I, I'm sure you remember, but Jim Johnson, the old defense coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Come get who you. used to love to blitz. Yeah, and, and they would green dog, which means if their guy blocked, they would come get you. That means you can't have enough guys in the block, right? So it, it reminds me of that. So even if you go a seven, eight-man protection, uh, eventually you're going to be outnumbered. Eventually you're going to have a lot of one-on-ones, especially after you lose Nate Davis. Uh, that was the only part of the plan that I didn't like. This is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. I'm Lawrence Holmes sitting in for Mully. Olin Kruitz is here. We've got a lot to discuss, and we're going to continue to take your phone calls, 312-644-6767. You can also text the show if you want, and you can watch on Twitch. The show is on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Let's go out to Jason, who's in Plainfield. Hey, Jason, you're on the score. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing? Good, what's up? We were at the game, we were at the game today, and it just uh, was very lackluster. They didn't look like they were pushing very hard in defense offense, kind of sitting back a little bit. Um, 
I'd like to see a little more, like, aggression, right? They didn't go very hard. What do you guys think about that? So were they aggressive enough is kind of the question here. And I guess you probably have to define what that means. I, what would it mean to you, Olin, and did you see enough of it? Uh, I, I guess what he means is, is uh, the effort that the, the players are putting forth, right? And, and I didn't see that. I, I have to disagree with Jason there. I thought the execution uh, wasn't there. I thought, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't picking up the blitzes. We weren't getting the ball out. I, I thought we weren't recognizing fronts on offense, right? I know offensive side of the ball I'm talking about. And then on defense, obviously, pressure continues to be a problem uh, from the front four. But... Uh, I, I thought, unlike maybe the Green Bay game when the players said they didn't feel the energy, I thought there was energy in the stadium, and I thought they were trying to get after it and win this game. It just seemed like uh, they couldn't make the play they had to, to make it, and it, we couldn't get our best players like DJ Moore involved in the game. Like, there's always guys, right, if you're a coach, Lawrence, you have names on your play calling sheet, and I'm sure even on defense you do, and they're your energy starters, right? They're your guys who get your team going, uh, that you know on the sideline when, when the team sees this guy make a play, it gets all the juice flowing. So just didn't seem like they could get those guys the ball. Before the game, you talked about how we could see more one-on-one with Murphy, that they might not have to bracket him, that they could use some, some one-on-one situations and man coverage stuff with Murphy. Do you think that he did an effective job of taking more out of the game? Yeah, I, I thought that he did, obviously, just by, by his numbers, right, while Justin Fields was in the game. I know uh, uh, when Beijing came in, they, he, hit, he hit him a couple more times, and he got his numbers up a little bit. But I, I do think that, you know, Murphy is a good, he's a good, he's a good cornerback, as, as we all saw, right? And, and we knew that coming into the game that they probably felt like they had a good matchup against Moore if they wanted to do what the commanders did in the second half of last week's game that, that, you know, Fuller was right there for that interception or tip ball. So if they want to do that, uh, they could also be right there. And they would think, and they think Murphy is better than Fuller. So they could think they got a better shot. And that proved to be true. Although a few times, Lawrence, I don't know what you thought, but I thought even though it looks like Morris covered, let's get him the ball anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, that's one of the things that Eberflu said. I actually wrote it down where he came out at, at halftime and talked with the, the reporter at halftime and said that they have to get the ball to DJ Moore, that, that they have to take opportunities to try to get the ball to DJ Moore. So, I mean, they, they understood what type of game he had last week and that he should probably, you know, be a, be a force in this game, but you have to be very careful about that. And and I wrote it down. It, it was happened at 147. Iberflu said they have to force DJ Moore into the action. That was the quote from the sideline reporter about trying to get DJ Moore involved. They were not able to do that, and they were not able to do a lot of things on offense for myriad reasons. 312-644-6767 is the number. We're going to take your phone calls. We're going to take your text messages. We will hear from the particulars at Soldier Field about all of this. Stick around. It is the Great Clips post-game show presented by Tullamore Dew. More with Olin Krutz coming up next here on The Score.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Justin Fields, not a good sign for Chicago. Right now, he is headed towards the locker room. Yeah, and he, as he's scrambling here, you know, they're holding that right arm, and you can't tell if that's the wrist or shoulder or what that is. Just hate to see it. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. And now your hosts, Olin Krutz and Lawrence Holmes on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yeah, I'm sitting in for Mully. Olin is sitting in for Olin. So we are here to take your phone calls and talk about the Bears losing. They dropped to 1-5 and five on the season after a 19-13 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings without Justin Jefferson in this game. Justin Fields out with a right-hand injury. He did not return to the game. We are still waiting for updates inside of the locker room. As soon as we know more, you will know more. But until then, there's still opportunities to talk about what happened inside the game. I, I know that it's it's one of those things where it doesn't feel very good to talk about a good performance from the defense, but considering that they gave up, what, 12 points, right? They, they, they only gave up 12 points to Minnesota in this game, and they were doing an effective job of kind of holding that Vikings offense down. I thought they played really well, and I thought they played well enough to win. Yeah, and it was good to watch uh, TJ Edwards on the blitz and Tremaine Edmonds come up with some ball production, right, which is a knock against him. So he, the two linebackers get cause the pressure and get the interception. And we almost, because of whatever Cam Akers was doing on yeah. when they had that 
uh, when Cousins flipped it back and Cam Akers was trying to throw it out of bounds. We almost had two there from our linebackers. So uh, it was good to see the two guys that we signed this year uh, gave some money to come out there and make plays and play with that kind of intensity and get after guys uh, with the pass, with, with the blitzes that, um, you know, this defense, Lawrence, and, and you pointed out to me during the game, uh, they're going to have to do a little more of sending, of the, sending these linebackers and just trying to create pressure. Here's some of the numbers from today's game. Kirk Cousins, 21 and 31, 181 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked twice, rating of 93.6. It's about pretty Cousins-y for considering how this game went. <laughs> his, le- his leading receiver in the game was, and this is something that Olin pointed out in the pregame, TJ Hawkinson. Six catches on eight targets for 50 yards in this game. Had that long of 21. The Bears have struggled all season long when it comes to tight end play. That is something that is going to to have to improve. And I I don't know if it even means this year, but ideally you would like for it to get better as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, and and some of that is because of the pressure that, that they have to try to create with those linebackers, right? And you leave the middle of that field open. You leave the uh, tight end option route, they like to call it, right? If they have inside leverage, he runs out. If the uh, DB has outside leverage, he runs in. So uh, it, it, gets it, it makes it hard to stop those guys when you got to constantly try to create pressure. And Coach Flues does like to run the cover two, which leaves the middle of the field open uh, with that linebacker dropping so deep down the middle of the field. So those two things, I think, Lawrence, we may not see tight end slowing down this year. Let's go out to Madison and talk with Dustin. Hey, Dustin, you're on the score. Hey, how's it going? Owen, you're a legend, man. Yes, sir. Glad to be on the, uh, glad to hear from you. Glad to listen to you. Um, I actually thought Tyson Bajan performed really well. I mean, I, I, I thought his clock management skills were pretty on point. Um, I guess I wish they were a little more aggressive with him early on versus later on when it was going to be a little more predictable. Uh, but I guess I'd put that on Luke Getze. And I think the defense was great. I mean, I thought they put in a lot of effort. Obviously, offensive line, I think, missed a couple assignments. Um, but, I mean, to, to that was that kid's first action, man. I mean, I thought that guy, that, that first drive, or that drive was phenomenal where he went down for the touchdown. Uh, he seemed to read the field really, field really well. Um, yeah, and like I said, the clock management, I mean, he took that thing down to like four to two seconds. I mean, that was, I, I'm not going to try to say he's Aaron Rodgers by any means, but that was Aaron Rodgers-esque, right? Like, just knowing when to snap the ball. Cadence was on point. I don't know. I thought the guy was really good. I don't know how anybody could, like, you know, be upset with that guy for his first start. I don't think think that anyone's upset with him, but he did turn Mm -hmm. the ball over twice. Mm -hmm. So, I I, I think it's really hard to judge a performance of a guy that you're just kind of throwing out there who – who didn't get the majority of the snaps to get ready for a team. Yeah, and I think you're right. And, and you know, being from the mighty Shepherd College, the mighty Rams, uh, he was, uh, to, to, his, to the call, caller's point, um, you, are, you do come away impressed with uh, the way he handles the huddle, the way he gets guys lined up, the way he calls motions, just the, the little things that a quarterback has to do he didn't seem overwhelmed by that. Uh, he did keep the offense moving, but like you're saying, Lawrence, uh, there was that fumble for the touchdown, and then there was the interception. So uh, two takeaways. 
But uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence here because those two takeaways, but he did not look, I guess, I guess you could say terrible. I mean, he didn't look terrible out there. He did look like he knew what he was doing, which you would hope from a professional backup quarterback and uh, going against Flores. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it's just that like, you can't throw Aaron Rodgers' name around after a performance <laughs> where a guy gives up a, a fumble for a touchdown and throws an interception when you have a chance to win the game. I That just seems like it's unfair to everybody. You know what I mean? Maybe he meant Deshaun Kaiser. Remember when he came in against the Bears up there in Green Bay? Maybe that's what he meant. I, I think that's probably a little bit closer to reality. Let's go out to Peoria yeah. and talk yeah. with Justin. Hey, Justin, you're on the score. <laughs> Justin. Hey guys, sorry I had the uh, phone muted there. No uh, problem. What's on your mind? Didn't have any background noise. I had two things, man. The first is I wanted to point out and see what you guys thought about the fact that this team's stars have not played one snap together going all the way back to camp. A camp where I watched Claypool on the sideline screaming for over an hour. It's it's just very bad coaching, but if you look at that, you can't expect these guys to go out and just play well together. And then the second thing is, uh, dang, I didn't expect to get anxiety calling in. That's that's new. Hey man, look, oh, hey, man. look, yeah. we're just Take we're just breath. three guys. We're just three guys talking football. You don't have Try to have any breathing. anxiety. All no, right. I actually have thousands of fans as a musician and I perform in front of people, mm. but this is Olin Krutz, the greatest center of all time, man. It's like <laughs> Michael Jordan on the other end. I seen this guy block the whole D line one time, the whole D line. He threw one guy off, jumped back three feet, threw another guy off. Then the DT runs at him. He slams him into the defense again. This is Michael. This Man, hey Justin, call anytime and get anxiety, man. Call anytime and get anxiety. Mike Zimmer, we gotta get Mike Zimmer. His aggressive defenses for the Bengals, what he did with the Vikings. If you add him and Eberflus defense together, where you're, you know, creating that give and take, I, I think they can create something pretty nice together. You were doing great until the Mike Zimmer thing. Mike Zimmer. <laughs> I, I think the call was really great until the gotta get Mike Zimmer. No, you don't. <laughs> you, 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 you don't gotta get him. It's fine. You know, and then, and then to his point, Lawrence, uh, he is right. Right, like you're, you're, you keep saying, man, like, like you know, against the Commanders, like, oh, finally got to see Nate Davis and Wright play together for two or three games, and all of a sudden Nate Davis goes out, right? And you got Jatari Carter back in there. And I think Eddie Jackson went out at one point today. And Elijah Hicks is back at safety. This team has been, and, and, you know, like they say in the NFL, injuries aren't an excuse. But there are a reason that guys are starters and guys aren't. That is correct. And, and no, you, you don't need Mike Zimmer. But I appreciate <laughs> trying to get creative and find answers wherever we can find them. Um, let's go out east. And Xander, you're on the score. What's up? What's up, guys? Listen, uh, thanks for taking my call. First time, long time. Olin, obviously, you're a stud. You can have that anxiety guy on any time, man. He's fantastic. <laughs> I love him. Listen, the question for you is, I've been a sucker. I was eight years old in 85 when they won the Super Bowl. I've been paying for NFL Sunday ticket every year. Season ticket holder, blessed we've had him. I travel back to the East Coast to games. A 13-year-old son's a sucker. He loves the Bears with me. 
we went to the opening game against Green Bay. They were so flat. We were thinking all offseason, just come out, right? Go hard, move the pocket, take shots downfield. My wife convinces us to go to the Washington game, so we go. It's a school night. We're exhausted. They look great. They're throwing downfield. They're aggressive. I'm like, they figured it out. Why do they keep going back to not being aggressive, not throwing downfield? They just kind of go into, I don't know what to call it. It just goes into like, well, I guess it was working. Let's try and change it up and just run the ball and try and make field the pocket passer. I don't know. Is it? We can't get it right with any coach. We can't get it right with any type of leadership here. I mean, it really is it like, do we have to sell the team? Like, what is it? Like, how can we finally get it right? It's been too long. Mm-hmm. Lawrence? Well, <laughs> okay. Um, well, they're, they're not going to sell the team, and you can't no. say we in that case because here's the thing about ownership. People, other people own something that you love. So you can't say we in that case. It's, it's they, and they're not going to sell because that would be silly. They're going to make all the money once this whole thing in Arlington Heights gets figured out, and then maybe they're, they're going to sell. As far as not getting it right, then this is where I think the expertise of someone like Olin Krutz comes in. Everyone watched the Bears last week and watched the offense the week before, and, and we get it. Like It's against Denver, and Denver has struggled, although they played pretty hard against Patrick Mahomes on Thursday night, by the way. And then Washington, whose defensive line, the Bears did a good job of standing up. To you, what was the difference between the way the offense looked today versus the way that it looked 10 days ago? Yeah, it's a really good question. And and one thing I thought about when I went back and watched the All-22 and I watched the Commanders, you know, as a guy who loves to play in the trenches, Lawrence, as you know, I, I watch it, I study it. Uh, there's no more physical football team in the NFL on both sides of the ball than the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And if you go 12 rounds with the Philadelphia Eagles and you got to go a 13th round, which is overtime like the commanders did, there's no way you don't come out tired, right? There's no way you don't come out a little beat up. And I thought about that when I was watching the Bears go against the commanders on film and the commanders were like they didn't have much what we like to call juice nowadays. But... Uh, you know, you don't want to take credit for the Chicago Bears. They went out and beat the Commanders, but that was your worry going to this week's game, right? Going to, okay, now could they repeat this performance uh, after they played so well against a defensive unit? And another thing you have to consider is styles always make fights, mm. right? And with the, with the Bears offensive line, it looks like, look, if you want to just rush four and put them right in front of us and go man for man, and you think you're going to beat us. That's a tough matchup with Tevin Jenkins, Darnell Wright, Nate Davis. Obviously, again, I bring up Nate Davis went out early. Remember, they had to go to Jatari Carter. Uh, then they take Cody Whitehair out for Lucas Patrick. Tevin Jenkins, the first time he's playing every rep. But assignment football, Lawrence, it looks like they're struggling with that. Assignment when there's stunts, when there's blitzes, when I have to identify who do I have. It's not just simple. Line up right in front of me. I'll block this guy all day long. But now it's, okay, it's, it's an L call, which means the line is going left. Now it's an R call. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's base this. Let's fight down this. I know I just made a lot of O-line calls. But everything I just said right there changes the protection, changes your set. And the offensive line for the Chicago Bears, if you ask me when I watch this film, that's what they need to work on.
a lot for the Bears to work on going forward. They have a game against the Raiders next week, but there's still so much to be answered. Like, how hurt is Justin Fields? Is he so hurt that he's going to be placed on IR for a while? Meaning you probably should go out and sign at least another quarterback to have an extra arm in the place. And then what does that mean for, for your opportunity to get a nice long look at Tyson Bajan? If, cause here's what I kept thinking while I was walking down the hallways and you can tell me if it's unfair after we found out that that fields was out. I, I kept thinking to myself, well, you know, this, this seems like a multi-week injury. And if I'm the bears front office, I don't know that I have time for him to rehab and for the evaluation to continue. You know, like I, I, I'd love to see Justin Fields be this team's quarterback, but let's say it's let's say it's five weeks of season, and then you you get him back for the last two months to to go back at it. I I think that the evaluation is probably pointed in the other direction on him anyway. I I don't know if if, if I have enough time if I'm the Bears front office to not go out and look at the top quarterbacks in college football and start thinking about what might be when it comes to Carolina's pick in the Bears pick. Yeah, and just going through this game, uh, you know, really quickly while we're on this post-game show here, uh, just kind of re-watching the first, I don't know what I'm on here, Lawrence, like 15 to 20 plays. I mean, Justin Fields gets hit uh, more than half of those plays in the first 15 to 20. And the only reason I bring that up is I'm not blaming the offense. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about, again, I go back to the first play of the game. And if you're Ryan Poles, Lawrence, you go up to the office, you call in Getson, you call in Justin Fields, and you ask them about that play, right? You say, why is this guy free? Whose responsibility is this guy, right? And, and then I got to look Justin Fields in the eye and say, well, if he's your guy, you got to tell me what happened here, right? Because he's got to prove to me that for me to keep this going, for me to keep him as my quarterback, for me, like you're talking about, for me to keep moving forward with him, He's got to prove to me that I need I need to keep going with this, right? I got to go through this game specifically because this game, Lawrence, was was everything we talk about Justin Fields has to improve on, right? And then I got to ask the offensive line and I got to see, I got to go through with all the coaches and I got to really know what happened on each play and say, okay, like uh, I'm watching a second down play here on the goal line. It looks like Darnell Wright doesn't know he has the guy inside of him. Tevin Jenkins doesn't know he has the end what happened on this play? And if, if everything points to, well, the quarterback has to be a little better, then I agree with you. Yep, and, and I will say, and Texas have pointed this out, and you're right. There, I don't know if it makes a difference as far as how this game would have played out. Justin Fields doesn't seem to get some of the calls that other quarterbacks get. I, I saw mm-hmm. him hit in the head twice, and mm-hmm. nothing happened. We've seen him body slammed. We've seen all sorts of stuff, and I, I get that. He's a big, strong dude. He's a guy that runs and makes a lot of plays athletically. But I, I know that if you were his center, some of those hits, you'd be pissed that, that there wasn't a flag on some of those plays. Yeah, especially the way they call it for everybody else, right? You just touch a guy nowadays. Right. And, and, and a flag comes out. So it's interesting. I mean, I guess a lot of it is that Justin Fields is such a big, strong runner. I mean, I, if you give what, what the refs are thinking about, but – uh, that that doesn't seem to be called the same way like you're saying for Justin Fields that it's called around the league because it doesn't matter if you're a quarterback or not. A headshot is a penalty nowadays. I guess you could say like his head changed levels and he ducked his head or whatever the excuse may be, but you would expect 
more flags to come out for Justin Fields. Yeah, you would. Let's take a timeout. We'll get more phone calls, more text messages, and as soon as we get all the press conferences in, we will share those with you. We are on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. That is Olin Krutz. I am Lawrence Holmes. Taking your phone calls and text messages, 312-644-6767. Bears lose 19-13. What did you think about it? We'll discuss next here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You know, I thought it was interesting. Kirk said, let me see every pass that the guys caught. Yeah. The AT blocked, and Tyreek Stevenson got his hand on that. See if that could become big later in the game. Instead of a seven-point lead, it's just six for Minnesota. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. And now your hosts, Olin Krutz and Lawrence Holmes on Sports Radio 670 The Score. There's your hit of the game, sponsored by S-Wing Professional Tools. Made in the U.S. for 100 years, S-Wing.com. Before we go back to the phones, um, Olin, I just mm-hmm. saw something on Twitter that I got to run by you. You ready for this? Our guy, Mark Brody, was in- <laughs> 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 he was in the press conference, and um, they asked Matt Eberflus why he made the switch at center. You know, Cody mm-hmm. was having a hard time with the snaps and all sorts of stuff. Um this is a quote from – this is what, what Mark Rohde reports. Matt Eberflus says that Lucas Patrick replaced Cody White here at center because of Tyson Bajan's comfort with Patrick. Flew said it did not have to do with poor snaps from White here. I, I don't believe this one bit, but maybe there's some nuance that I'm missing. You played the, the position at an all-pro level. What say you, sir? <laughs> I think we all know what Coach Flues is doing there, and a little respect to him for, for – uh, having his veteran guard, we'll call him a guard, right? We won't call him a center anymore. For having his veteran guards back there, you know, and just not trying not to embarrass an, an older veteran player and just saying, you know, trying to give another reason why you would go to Lucas Patrick in that situation. Because I think we all know they were probably talking about it during the game. 
Uh, and, and to be honest, Lucas Patrick came in, had a few bad snaps himself. Sure right? did. So uh, Bayesian, Bayesian catched a few of them and tried to get it out. I, I actually think one, the one on that interception was, was high, too. So uh, just something that both guys were kind of struggling with. Um, I know in my career, Lawrence, that, that when you're going, when you're switching quarterbacks and quarterbacks are going in and out, uh, that can make it tough sometimes. Every quarterback has their own rhythm. Uh, it's no excuse. You still got to get your job done. But uh, they're, they're just trying to give reasons for why the snaps might be a little all over the place for both centers. Yeah, I just look the logic train that I'm having a hard time following. Oh, is he's still the better player? So even if yeah. he is struggling, like if I don't know, like this. <sighs> it's very frustrating. Well, they have they have a problem, right, Lawrence? Because they have a, a one center who, uh, Lucas Patrick. I mean, plays hard and stuff, but but doesn't make all the blocks, right? Doesn't right. make, doesn't get movement at the line of scrimmage. He can get the quarterback the ball, and then you have one center who can make all the blocks, but is having a hard time getting the quarterback the ball, right? So, uh, they have a they have a problem there at center. Um, talked a lot about you know where they spent their assets in the secondary, and they let the two. Uh, last two number one centers of the draft go to the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, doesn't mean those teams don't have their own problems, but uh, they didn't go and solve that problem, that center issue. Sometimes it's the plan, not the players. I'm going to go with something that's really simplistic, and, and I'm going to lean on your experience to kind of talk me out of it. If I've got a player that's struggling with something, or if I know that that Cody Whitehair struggles with shotgun snaps, and maybe Lucas Patrick does too, in, in certain situations, can I tailor my offense to not do as much of that, put the guy under center, or is that completely changing what my scheme is? Well, does does your quarterback want to be in shotgun, right? What, what does Bayesian want? Uh, you know, I remember Chris Chandler, uh, he never wanted to be in shotgun. He always wanted to be on the center so he could keep his eyes just on the defense, right? That he, want, he was just an old-school quarterback. And then, you know, uh, guys like Rex Grossman uh, came in, and, and they, they did like shotgun, right? And Drew Brees liked shotgun when I went to New Orleans. But uh, sometimes it depends on what the quarterback wants, uh, what he's comfortable out of. Uh, I would imagine Justin Fields is comfortable out of the gun. But, yes, at any time, you can run any play out of gun or out of under center. So it just depends. But um, uh, highly unlikely for when I played for a coach, to tailor their calls to what the center can and cannot do. Let's go to Tinley Park and talk with Tim. Hey, Tim, you're on the score. Hey, guys, I just have uh, three examples why I think we need to move on from Justin Fields. And I think the first one, uh, when early on in the game, the Bears had uh, third and goal from inside to five. Uh, you come up to the line of scrimmage, you got trips to the right. Yeah, DJ Moore singled up on a corner and nobody else around him. They were isolated. That's got to be a line call. That was a simple call. The way D.J. Moore was lined up was for, for a fade route. Nobody, no corner in the league is going to stay with D.J. Moore with a two-step slant. That should have been a simple adjustment between Justin Fields and D.J. Moore. And I don't know if, they, if they're comfortable with Justin Fields making his own audibles. I don't know. He also missed D.J. Moore on a fly route. And the other thing that upsets me is this is not Ohio State. It's third and 17. Guys, listen, you, he's not going to run for 17 yards in the NFL. You got to let that ball fly. You got to try to draw a pass interference, do something. But taking off and running, trying to get 17 yards, is just not possible. I'll, I'll just hang up and listen to you guys. Thank you for the time. 
Well, I know that last year there were some plays where he got more than 17 yards on runs, and maybe some of that success makes you think you can do anything in those situations. I'm, I'm not going to fault a player for trying to make a play. If you're saying, you know what, everything's covered, I, I got fine, I, I got to go do it myself. I do think that it's easier it's easier to get the ball, get the yards through the air than it is for you to get the ball or get the yards on the ground in that situation. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I don't even know if it's a I, – I need to – someone texted in, Olin, and was like, well, what do you think that the Bears could get if they trade Fields? And, and I'm like, you're not going to get anything for a hurt quarterback. Like, we got to find out how hurt he is first. And, and then yeah. you can start talking about what, it, what his – his near future and what his far future is going to look like. Yeah, and what a difference a week makes and a game, right? There's so much hope after the last two games, and then we come to this game, and now it, here we are again wondering, uh, should should we trade this guy? Should we move on from this guy? Uh, the caller again, uh, Lawrence, he brings up a point that I think that Ryan Pose has to do, and, and on that play he's talking about, uh, Tunyon motions to that bunch to the right of Justin Fields. Uh, DJ Moore is one-on-one. I think I tweet out right after that play, you have to give Moore a chance there, right? And, and when I'm talking about Ryan Pose, I'm talking about sitting Justin Fields and Luke gets in a room and saying, explain this to me, mm-hmm. right? Explain to me why we're not going to DJ Moore. Explain to me why when Mooney comes in, comes open in the back of the end zone, we're not throwing him the ball here. Now, obviously, uh, Daniel Hunter does beat Darnell right late there, and there's a little pressure on Justin Fields, but uh, stay in that pocket. We just saw him do that on third down last week when he threw yeah. more the fade and more made the catch. It almost is the same play. Uh, why aren't we throwing it? And it's not – that's not the frustrating part, Lawrence, when you watch the film. The frustrating part is he doesn't even look at him, right? It's DJ Moore one-on-one back – that's why you put him backside of trips. So he's one-on-one. And, and those, are, those are questions that if I'm the general manager – before I make all the decisions that everyone's talking about making, I just simply ask them in a room because I think they're fair questions to ask, and I think that they have to give me some answers. And ideally, you're looking – like, that's the formational look you're looking for. You trips mm-hmm. one side, he's one-on-one on the other side of it. I, I feel like that should be read number one, right? Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what, what it says in their offense and what their rules are, mm-hmm. but if you get that matchup, I'm not saying it's 100% automatic, but that's what you should be looking for. Yeah, and I, and I think to your point, that's what I'm talking about when you put them in a room, right? You ask them why. Why, why isn't he looking at them, right? Like I have, to, I have to figure out why he's not looking at DJ Moore. And if Getsy tells me, yeah, he's supposed to be looking there, right? And that little motion and Harrison Smith following Tunyon to what would be the defense's left, the offense's right, it tells you it's what, Lawrence? It tells you it's man, right? It tells you immediately your man coverage. That's why the motion's in the offense, right? So I say man. As soon as I see Harrison Smith walk over with Tunyon, I say in my head it's man. And when I, when I see man, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to DJ Moore. And even, I mean, I, I know we're talking now, we're talking about like advanced quarterbacking stuff. But mm-hmm. once you recognize man, I'm sitting there, like, I'm going, okay, I don't care what the what the play called for. Like, if in the huddle, the the first read, let's say it's the Tunyon. If, if once we see he goes in motion and we know it's man on the outside, I'm, the first read is DJ Moore, in my mind. 
Yeah, let's, let's say it this way. The first read is the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Yes, right? yes. First read is the guy <laughs> since 1999. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm going, you know what I mean? It, it, it's not, uh, I like to keep things simple in my life, Lawrence. You know, well, you're a man, I'm going to my best player. That would seem to be a really smart thing to do. We are going to hear from the Bears head coach. You'll want to hear what he has to say about the one in five Bears. We're going to take a break. Don't worry, we're going to get to all your phone calls. Try to get through as many text messages and people that are on the Twitch stream as quickly as we can. But stick around. You're going to hear from Matt Eberflus next here on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. Lawrence and Olin here with you on The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.